So I've, uh, in the past few years, I've just figured out that God just continues to bless me mm. and my family mm. when I say yes. So I try not to let the ministry leaders know that too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming at me. But I, if there's a volunteer or if, if something needs to happen, yeah, I'm a yes. So. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Falcon Fast Lane. We have uh, an interesting guest today, one that I met at, actually, the first time I ever met our guest today was at a wedding. And I was uh, performing the ceremony as the officiant, and our guest was keeping people happy at the rehearsal dinner with some amazing food. We have in our midst today yet another awesome teacher at Livingston Christian Schools, our very own chef, Dave Del Corvo. Dave, thank you. It's amazing to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know that uh, you are a busy guy, so we appreciate you uh, fitting us into your schedule. Uh, we're going to start off with a really tough question. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you study for this? No. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> the first question is really, it's a, it could be a deep question, but oh. who is Dave Del Corvo? Oh. Uh, number one, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I just have three or four other jobs <laughs> currently. I love it. Uh, but I retired from full-time chefing yeah. when I was 41. Okay. Uh, we put my wife through her master's, and then her salary doubled my salary. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, And what does Mrs. Del Corvo do? She's a nurse practitioner. She's a nurse practitioner. At Sparrow Hospital in Lansing. In Lansing. Yeah. All right, fantastic. So you're stay-at-home dad mm -hmm. with three or four other jobs. <laughs> yes, I'm half of a moving company, believe All right. it or not. Pick up the other side of the couch. <laughs> um, and then I cater, of course. I teach here, culinary arts. Uh, I cook lunch for the students here a couple days a week. Which is legendary. <laughs> Thank you. Mac and cheese is legendary. Thank you. I was tasked by Ted Nass to try and make the most out of that lunch program and I just trying to do my best. I think you have definitely succeeded. Thank you. I know it's not typically what school lunch looks like at public or any <laughs> other school. For which matter, I think so. our students are pretty grateful for. I hope I so. I think they're pretty grateful for. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's that's uh, contemporary modern Dave Del Corvo. <laughs> What was your early life like? Uh, like, where man. did you grow up? Do you have any siblings? Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Sure, sure. Yeah, I grew up right here in Brighton. Okay. So I graduated in 1990. From Brighton High School? Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. And I was cooking. It was like my first job. So 16 years old and had to pay for gas for the yeah. 1982 Escort. Yes. <laughs> what color was it? It was burgundy. Yes. Stick shift. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um... So I got a job cooking, and I just kind of learned everything in that kitchen. And what was the first place that you worked? It's called Sammy's Sail Inn. Okay, it's now Bourbons. Okay, so it's been several restaurants since. But so, what did you start doing when you were there? I was the pizza guy. Okay, she threw me to the fire. Um, Monday nights was two for one pizza nights, and so you guys were crazy on Monday nights. Trained me one week, next week, put me on. Oh, did you guys have preformed crust, or did you have to roll it oh, out? No, no, we we formed it. We made the dough from scratch. And what? Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty intense gig. Yeah, as a little 
you know, 16-year-old junior in high school. Conveyor oven or just? No. It okay. was a, a brick oven with a top Ooh. stack deck. All right. So so you're reaching in with the paddle and? Mm-hmm. All deep dish. Man. Yep. You, and then from there, they trained me on salads and cutting steaks. And I started working broiler and grill and all the positions. So. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a cool experience. And one that you, did you necessarily set off to do that, or you just needed a job at first, and then? That's a great question. I walked in because they needed a busboy, <laughs> and she interviewed me and said, what's your experience? Nothing. So she just saw something in me and said, I'm going to make you a cook instead. I, and I was like, oh, okay, that. that's fine. That is great. I just need some money for the gas. Exactly. <laughs> so how so. late would you work on Monday nights? Um, because I was still in high school, they got me out of there around nine. But okay. She hadn't have been that late. <laughs> right. So, but it was crazy from the time you walked in until. Yeah. Yeah. Four o'clock after school. Wow. And so it was went, already popping. Be- and because, again, because it was two for one. Mm-hmm. How much were they? I guess it depends, right? Oh, How much then, you got in? Like a deep dish large was probably six bucks, you oh know, at a sit down restaurant. The good old days. Mm-hmm. So did you have any time for uh, any extracurricular activities? Did you play sports, anything no, like that? No, I was uh, in marching band. You were in marching band? Yeah. What instrument saxophone. did you play? All right. Alto. Alto saxophone. Yeah. yeah. So I did four years of that. Okay. Really a uh, lot of lasting relationships. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. Still. Could you bust out the saxophone and play today? I probably couldn't play a note. <laughs> Even if you, like, wanted to embarrass your daughters, you could? I could tr- probably. could try. I mean, President Bill Clinton did on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like riding a bike. It'll probably just come all right back to you. Yeah, I don't know. I, so did you play sax in like a middle school too and just yeah. kind of kept, okay. Mm-hmm. Was that the first instrument you started on? Yep. Okay. Yep. Man, how many, um, how many people were in the marching band? We had 300. It was a pride what? of Brighton High School to always have the marching 300. Yep. That's amazing. Just a massive band. We played at... Uh, a Lions game. And wow. Yeah. Tulip uh, Festival. Over in trip. Holland? Yeah. Uh, where did you guys, because I know that uh, marching bands usually have like a big blowout summer camp where you guys oh, yeah. are introduced to everything. Where would you guys go with that many people? It was Blue Lake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you guys were something if you went to Blue Lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp. Yeah. yeah. Every wow. Year. For a week. Yep. That's a pretty grueling week from what I understand. It was Fun. Was it really? <laughs> yes. So you guys are out like dusk to dawn type of stuff, right? Doing yeah, practices were no joke. But we would, you know, we would sit in a kind of a covered gazebo to practice oh. a lot of the songs. Okay. And then go take it out onto the field. And okay. At least we got to wear shorts. And- so when you guys did that, would you learn like an initial choreography for your song? Is it called choreography for marching bands? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And. They would just keep drilling it, drilling it, drilling it until everyone had it, and uh, you know, because it had to look good at yeah on the on the football field. How many drum majors would you have with a peop- uh, group of three hundred? Two, just two. And those are pretty sought after positions, aren't they? Oh yeah. Were they always seniors? A senior and a junior. So you always had like that leadership transfer mm-hmm. every year. Did you ever have any desire to do that? No. I work no. with a guy now who was a former drum major for Dearborn, and I don't think they were near as big as you guys, but he was pretty serious about his. Oh, like, yeah. they went to drum major school. Yeah, B- both our drum majors, when I was a junior and senior, 
they were awesome doing backbends, crazy athletic guys. That's and, exactly how jo- uh, Jacob is. Yeah, and they went to they both went to Michigan State and were no. drum majors there. No too. kidding. Yeah. Wow. How about siblings? Do you have any siblings? I have a sister. She is just a few years older than me. Okay. How'd you guys get along growing up? Great. Uh, when I was little, not so great, but. <laughs> <laughs> she was a senior when I was a freshman. I needed a ride to school, so I got Treated. a real good attitude at that point, <laughs> and our relationship was wonderful. So, Do you guys still maintain a good relationship? Yes. Is she live close here? Yeah, she's in Highland. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so it's fantastic. not that far. Okay. I wish we saw each other more, but yeah, that's life. That's right. People are busy, mm-hmm. children. So you're married. How long have you been married? 14 years. 14 years. And how many children? Three girls. Three girls. Yeah. We're going to ask some more questions about them a little bit later on, but that's fantastic. So you've got this job at, tell me the name. It's not Bourbons. It's Bourbons now. Oh, it was uh, Sammy's Sale Inn. Sale Inn. S-A-I-L? Yes. Sammy's Sale Inn. So you got this job there. You were going in with kind of the idea that you would be a busboy. <laughs> yeah. And you become this, the pizza guy. Yeah. Cooking everything. And um, from there, I went to school. I graduated when I was 17, so I went to Eastern for a year and didn't cook there. I worked in the, in the library, actually, and as, no a, kidding. as a computer helper. <laughs> That's fantastic. I knew nothing about computers. <laughs> I just handed out the floppy disks, basically, and stood behind the counter. But that got me through and got me some cash uh, to help with uh, tuition for my parents. Yeah. Uh, so then after that year, I came back, and I went back to work at Sammy's for a while, and uh, and then I went and just kept working in different restaurants in Brighton. And so was it a progressive thing where you knew that, hey, I, I could actually make a career out of this? Like, what was there a time where that switch flipped? Yeah, yeah, and that was um, when I was at Oak Point. Uh, not the country club, but a restaurant called Roadhouse at Oak Point. Okay. And my uh, chef there, Perry. He uh, recognized something in me, and he put me in a, a head line cook position, and I was running the kitchen on the nights and weekends, the busiest times. Yeah. And uh, eventually made my way to sous chef at that restaurant. And I I was going to school to become a teacher. Okay. And I kind of realized at that point that I was teaching people all the time. Like yeah. that's, this is my job is to teach people how to cook. And so it just kind of, that's the switch. The flipped, I if you love will. that. Yeah. So then I, I changed gears after cooking for about eight years and then I went to culinary arts school. And where did you go to culinary arts school? School, uh, schoolcraft college, schoolcraft college, which for those who don't know is a, a super hard program to get into yeah. and B one that has world-renowned reputation. Yeah, I trained under five master chefs there. So this is what I've been told because, as we had talked before, I at one of my churches, I had one of the vice presidents from Schoolcraft was in my church, so he went over and gave me a, a tour of the now facility, which I don't believe you had that facility no. when you were there. But he shared with me that that program has 100% placement. Wow. Upon graduation, there's 100% placement for people who are looking for jobs. So that's unheard of. It is, totally. So how long was that program? Was it difficult to get in? It was. I um, I kind of snuck in. I just went to regular enrollment, enrolled okay. in regular classes. I knew that I would need for my um, associate's degree. And then I transferred into the culinary program. There's a two-year wait. To get into the program. Yeah, so uh, that's how I did it. 
I got in there after a year of regular classes. I transferred into the program. So it actually took me three years. Okay. But it's a two-year culinary arts program. Gotcha. So all the while you're still working. Oh, yeah. Two, until two in the morning sometimes, you know, and then getting up at five to be at the bake shop class. It was. That's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. That Tw- is insane. That was all through my 20s. But that also was, I'm guessing, kind of preparation for the kind of work ethic that it takes in the food industry to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So along the ways, was there a mentor or significant teacher that kind of helped stoke your passion for so for this field? I have to say my mentor would be Perry, the guy I was talking about. I, I ended up going back to work with him several times um, while I was at school, after school, At that same restaurant, or did he go to different restaurants? No, he started there. That's where we first met, and then he went out on his own. Okay. Opened his own business. So that was at a bowling alley in Milford. Okay. And I went to work there because he had flexible hours for me, especially with school. Yeah. So I would go there and work uh, with one of my best buddies, Dustin, and um, I mean, we just... Played hard, worked hard, and you know it's interesting to hear you say like bowling alley at Milford. Yeah. This is the thing about food, I think, that there are so many of these like atypical locations where you have these restaurants that have amazing food, yeah. and it seems like with the advent of like the Food Network and Guy Fieri, like like his what's he what's his show uh, Diner. Diners Dives and. Drive-ins. Drive-ins, yeah. yeah. So, and I'll, you know, you'll see you'll see places and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, like I would wipe my seat off before I sat down type of thing. <laughs> but then they bring these dishes out and, like, they're phenomenal, yeah. right? So it's so interesting how it's kind of like what you make of that. Like, you're not hemmed in by, like, the location, but the creativity and the passion that everybody who's part of that creation brings to the table. Yep, and then my chefs at Schoolcraft were like, you can't keep working at that bowling alley flipping pizzas so they, so they were challenging you to yeah and then i went to some fine dining restaurants and took a big pay cut and <laughs> you took a pay cut going to the fine dining oh restaurant? yeah yeah you pay to learn <laughs> that's how they, <laughs> that's how they uh was it worth the investment it. for you did you pick up some things i did but i pretty much got everything in a in a year and a half and then okay. I moved on. but then it got into oak point country club which was more fine dining and okay so and um, <clears throat> do you still maintain contact with Perry? Yes. That's yep. fantastic. Yep. Is he still local in the area? He owns uh, the Milford House, which is what? Uh, uh, the Milford House Bar and Grill. Yeah, yep. He owns that whole building now in the corner of Commerce. And, wow. And now, are they part of, like, are they all affiliated? Because you have, like, Highland House, you have Fenton House. Like, are they all part of... No, the, kind of the Gus's franchise. No, he's on his own. But he's on his own. He, I mean, the food's kind of similar. He has a you know a pizza, breadsticks. That's okay, where, and ribs and chicken. That's where his root was. But okay, now he's got a full service menu there. And wow, how did he weather COVID? He's still trying. Wow, I don't even know if they have the dining room open. Man, so they, I know that they had the outdoor dining. Like he opened that a yeah. few years ago because we used to live in Heartland and would frequent there. So when he opened the outside, my goodness, that was probably eight years ago. Mm, yeah, and that was a big deal. Like it was busy all the time. Yep. So I'm wondering if that kind of if he was able to open that because that's considered quote outdoor dining. Yes, and yeah, he's put a canopy around it, so it's 
I mean, it looks great out there, but uh, yeah, he can't get weight staff. That's the thing, right? Nobody wants to work. Wow, that's so challenging. Because not only at that level, not only are you a chef, but you're also now a small business owner, right? Right. And with all of the stresses that that, you know, people just think, oh, it'd be so cool to own your own business. Um, my students and I were just talking about that. They're at, well, Why don't you take what you do here with us and open up your own place? I was like, because I don't want to be owned by a business. Yeah, and you absolutely would be, right? That's, I mean, um, Perry kind of is the example of that for yeah. me. And Do it, you think that sucked kind of some of his joy out of? Doesn't seem to. He's still on the line cooking. He is? And he's, yeah, he's 60. So. Like that's the kind of guy who in a military application would be the person who went in as an enlisted person and then worked their way up through an officer. Yeah. Like he's just got the mad respect of everybody that works for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great and guy. he probably still holds his own, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, actually when my students ask me, why don't you do that? I'm like, cause I don't want to work that hard. It's Man. tough. And, and then I told them like, look where I am right now. I, I have a job here at the mm -hmm. school teaching mm -hmm. you, but mm -hmm. typically like through COVID and what's happened, the chefs are struggling. Yeah. And yeah. cooks are, they don't have jobs. Right. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All those unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's shift gears just a little bit. Why don't okay. you talk to us about your uh, spiritual journey? Did you grow up in the church? I grew up Catholic. Okay. So practicing Catholic, like were you confirmed, yes. baptized, all the way up? Yep. All right. Yep. So you guys went on Sundays and did Christmas and yeah. Easter and all of that. Yeah. Listen to a little bit of ACDC yep. as your as your ringtone. Ring fantastic. <laughs> uh, so were your parents both involved with you? Yes, yes. Um, my my parents um, ended up getting divorced when I was young, um, so it was mostly mom. Okay, but uh, she actually taught CCD to to the some of the high school kids. She taught all the way until I graduated because okay. she taught seniors. Okay, so yeah, we were involved, and I didn't get into the youth groups or anything like that because I thought it was a special club. Yeah. It's kind of a, <clears throat> a quiet kid, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. I can see that, though. Yeah. I can see it, though. So when were you eventually introduced to Jesus in a personal way? Um, it was when I got engaged. Really? My wife uh, introduced you, me to another church. How did you meet your wife, first of all? At the Milford House Bar and Grill. She no was, kidding. Yeah, she was a server, and I was the chef there at the all time. All right. So, yep, and... Uh, she took me to this church um, that she grew up in in Milford, and it was really small, and they were acting weird, and I didn't really <laughs> know what was going on because I was really traditional Catholic. Right? So, like, well, we can't just let that go. You got What were they doing that was acting weird? <laughs> they were just putting their hands in the air when they were praising, singing songs I've never heard because it wasn't the hymns from Catholic church. and Not, I just, not I felt kneeling. Like Right, yeah, I felt like a fish out of water, sort of. Wow. But um, well, good on you for trying that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that uh, maybe didn't lead me to Jesus, but my wife definitely did. Okay. So, and we started attending here at the NAS just before we got married. And Okay. Um, I actually recommitted my life um, at a, believe it or not, at a, a conference where uh, on, on a Sunday – the uh, speaker did an altar call. Fantastic. He, he used his uh, the business conference as a as an opportunity to save. And wow, it worked. Fantastic. He, and a buddy of mine that was with me. Okay. 
So you kind of gave a little bit of uh, <clears throat> how your how your relationship with Christ has developed. So how has it developed since? Let's go from that conference. How has your how has your relationship with Jesus developed since that conference? So again, I have to kind of credit my wife because she recognized that I was a good leader in the house, mm-hmm. and she challenged me to be the spiritual leader of the house. And, and I'm like, I don't. How do you do that? Yeah. So. How do you do that? Right? That. So that's what you figure out. Yeah. Right? You get a challenge like that. And so I've, uh, in the past few years, I've just figured out that God just continues to bless me mm. and my family mm. when I say yes. So I try not to let the ministry leaders know that too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming at me. But I, if there's a volunteer or if, if something needs to happen, yeah, I'm a yes. So that's, and it just keeps blessing us. So it's interesting because, like, if you were to put a term on that, that's like that that's servanthood. Yeah. So it seems to me like you're you're uh, kind of. Uh, from beginning to where you are now in the food service industry. Okay. So that's a, that's a really key word there. Service. Yeah. Like you didn't start off running front of the house. You started off in the back, sweating your butt off, pushing in and pulling out pizzas Mm -hmm. and bottom line, like you're serving people. Like you may not be bringing it out to the table, but I mean all the way back, like that's, that's servanthood. And uh, I think that's lost on a lot of people today. Huh. It's lost on a lot of people today, but I love that. Uh, I love that your wife challenged you, but even more so, I love that you stepped up to the challenge. Thank so you. where did you go for kind of mentorship and direction to help kind of pull out the leadership in Dave Del Corvo? Well, I, um, we're big volleyball players and I just started listening to the whispers and they, we were having volleyball every Friday, and one week I just texted the group that was coming over, and most of them went to church with us, yeah. or I knew, knew okay. Jesus. And I said, how about this Friday, we'll just do a Bible study. So we started doing a Bible study, and it still goes on Fridays. It's I been, love that. It's been probably seven years. So the same kind of core group of people that yep. have? Yep, the sports people. What in the world? So you guys get together, you study God's Word, and then... You beat each other's brains out with the volleyball. <laughs> no, we skipped the volleyball. Part. Oh, you skipped the volleyball part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a different day. Now you just love Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you got to eat. Do you eat? Oh yeah, at that time. Yeah, um, not currently with the current group we have. It's just uh, um, because we meet at six thirty, and there's a lot of kids, a lot gotcha. of little kids, and we're gotcha. just like it's too much. Yeah, for sure. We need to get right down to it. See, so you don't know this as a former Catholic and current Nazarene, but food oh, is I called know. the Baptist liquor. I know. Oh, I know. You know this? Oh, yes. yes. I, See. I've been doing all the catering at Ann Arbor Baptist Church. <laughs> yes. So I basically just prepare like <laughs> I'm feeding nothing but high school senior boys <laughs> for every event I do there. And then I bring an extra watermelon just in case I need to... <laughs> Cut that. Uh, so you don't bring home any leftovers no, when you cater down? Damn, those kids, the little kids just chow. I can't even believe it. Uh, I love yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So the, the secret's out. As a Nazarene, you know about the Baptist liquor. <laughs> through, uh, yeah, through the catering. Oh my goodness, I love that. So <clears throat> how did uh, culinary arts find its way 
kind of, and we talked about this a little bit, but how did it find its way to merge into teaching at Livingston Christian? Like, mm. how did you find out about Livingston Christian? And then how are the dots connected for you to have your current position as a culinary arts teacher? Hmm. I don't know if I came up with the idea or Mr. Nast, but... So did you connect with Mr. Nast through church? Uh, no, no. Okay. Just uh, through coming to the school, having, you know, my girls come here. Okay. And, uh, so the girls started attending here before you taught here? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then I, again, serving, I would come in and help because I knew um, Bonnie, who's cooking was having a tough time finding help yeah. on Wednesdays. And okay. Wednesdays was pizza day. It was busy. Wow. So I just came in and started throwing down with her, you know. Okay. Slapping pizza on a plate and started, you know, making relationships with people. Love it. You know. And then um, when the school moved here, I have a, my daughter that's in kindergarten now, so I don't have her – like preschool, you know, it's only a couple days a week gotcha. to start, and then okay. it goes three days a week. So okay. I didn't have time to do all that. But now that they're in school all day, I find myself with some free time. So Love it. That's how I'm able to start getting into the cooking of lunches here. We hope that you've enjoyed the Falcon Fastlane Commute, a ministry of Livingston Christian Schools. The Commute is an abbreviated version for those that aren't able to commit a large amount of time to the podcast. For an extended version of what you were just enjoying, please tune in to the Falcon Fastlane Road Trip. This is also available on a number of different podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Breaker. <laughs>